Well, happy Canada Day weekend, everybody. I hope that you've done something special this weekend, and if not, there's still time. You can uh, have a good day today. It's supposed to be nice for a barbecue. I've heard that. Everybody in? Yeah. Put up your hand. We want to know where we're going for the barbecue. No hand takers. It's all good. Well, Canada Day and Remembrance Day and different days like this, for me, they are very special days in the church calendar. And um, I, I want you to know that I, I, I think I understand, but I probably don't to the depth and the level and degree. But I'm going to tell you that God places a special emphasis on nations. Uh, we think sometimes in terms of ourselves and our families, but God thinks of nations. And uh, there's just something in my life as a Christian that I've noted over the last 35 years. Um, God shows up in unique and special ways on Canada Day and Remembrance Day and different things like that. This is something about God's heart toward the nations. And I think it's important for us to remember that. And so here's the question I have for you today. What does Canada have to do with God and the Christian message? Because that would be a question that people would ask me. Why, why is Canada Day important to God? Why is Canada Day uh, uh, something that we should recognize in the church? Uh, you know, what does God have to do with Canada? Well, I want to just talk for a few minutes about Canada and its Christian heritage. If you've been around me long enough, you may have heard me talk about this before, but uh, Samuel Leonard Tilley, one of the founding fathers of Confederation, helped bring the name the Dominion of Canada as an option to the table when the founding fathers were deciding the, how to name Canada. Now, you have to understand, this is such an interesting study. Um, they were debating what to name Canada. And they were saying, well, if we call it the Republic of Canada, we're going to offend uh, you know, our heritage of being connected to England and Great Britain. And if we call it you know, the Kingdom of Canada, we're going to offend our neighbors to the south who have just fought for independence from that. And so they were kind of having this debate. Do you understand that even in our founding heritage, even in the way we thought of naming our nation, that peacekeeping was part of the founding thoughts? How do we bridge peace between Great Britain and the United States in naming of this nation? And so Sir Leonard Tilley, uh, he basically, during his devotions that morning, found this scripture in Psalm 72.8 that he shall have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. And so that's when he brought the name forward, the dominion of Canada. Isn't that an interesting little side bit, a little thought for us to understand? In the Canadian coat of arms, in our English, the reflection of that scripture is there. It says from sea to sea. In the Canadian Bill of Rights introduced in 1960, beginning with the Parliament of Canada, affirming that the Canadian nation is founded upon the principles that acknowledge the supremacy of God. Did you know that? Wow. This is the founding fathers, the founding uh, uh, understanding. And the Canada's Parliament building in Ottawa, you've heard me say this many times, again, if you've been around here, 25 scriptures from the Word of God carved into the stones of that building or embedded within its stained glass. 25 scriptures. And of course, the front of the iconic peace tower is laden with beautiful biblical principles of Canada. Even one of the bells 
has the scripture uh, talking, announcing the, the, the arrival of the king. Uh, that scripture is on there. The south window has this scripture, Psalm 72, 1. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. The east window of the peace tower has he shall have dominion from sea to sea, the scripture we've mentioned. And the west window, which is where we're going to spend our time talking about today, Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. That is literally carved into the stone above that window, that scripture. Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, embedded within the nation, embedded within this, this, our, our nation of Canada, is embedded in the foundation of the scriptures of God. And I love this thought, but, you know, these deep, deep biblical truths are embedded in our nation, but how many of you know we're beginning to stray from them? Yeah. We've drifted far from our understanding and from our application of those great truths. You know, it's interesting. It says in Proverbs 29, 18, which we've talked about, where there's no vision, the people perish. This is not speaking about a vision of a better government. It is not speaking about the vision of human rights. Or your right is what is right. It's not speaking about those things. It's not even speaking about a healthier economy. Though if we will get this vision right, if we'll get this vision right, we will have a healthier economy, we will have a better government, we will have greater human rights. And so what is this vision speaking of? Of course, it is speaking of a vision of God. Again, Proverbs 29, 18, in the Amplified Bible, that same scripture, this is how it reads. Where there is no vision, no revelation of God and his word, the people are unrestrained. Proverbs 29, 18, again in the NIV, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. Amen? The word cast off restraint means to expose, to uncover ourselves from the care and the covering of God. Do you understand God longs to care for, God longs to cover the nation of Canada. The nation of Canada is one of the apples of God's eye. This is the melting pot of nations in one nation. God longs to display his glory. God longs to reveal himself to this land. And in that revelation, we are going to find the hope and the purpose and the meaning and all that God has intended for us. Well, let's pray and see what that revelation really means to you and I as believers today and a call to this nation right now. And understand this is our highest calling, is to see God revealed in the land of Canada. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the Holy Spirit that has come to reveal the Son of God to us. Because in revealing Christ, he reveals you, Father. And so, Lord, we pray today very simply for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know you better. That we might know the hope to which you have called us, God. And that we might know the glorious inheritance that is ours in Christ Jesus. Jesus, that incomparably great power, Lord, for us who believe, Lord God, the same power that you exerted on Christ when you resurrected from the dead, Lord, that power that our nation needs to see and experience today, Lord, bring us from our deadness, our dead spirituality, 
and resurrect us into the vision of God and resurrect us into the life intended for us by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We ask these things, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The word revelation means to gaze upon, to contemplate, to behold, and to look at, and to perceive with pleasure. So how do we have a revelation of God? Because if our nation is casting off restraint, if our nation is perishing because they're lost of the revelation of God, how do we change that? Well, just very simply, to see God, we must see Jesus clearly. Listen to Hebrews chapter 1. Throughout our history, God has spoken to our ancestors and to his prophets in many and various ways. The revelation he gave them was only a fragment at a time, building one truth upon another. But to us living in these last days, God now speaks to us in an open language of his Son, the appointed heir of everything, for through him God created the panorama of all things and all time. The sun is the dazzling radiance of God's splendor, the exact expression of God's true nature, his mirror image. He holds the universe together and expands it by the mighty power of his spoken word. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God has been, throughout the Bible, you guys, throughout time, God has been speaking. God has been speaking and he has been revealing himself. He's been revealing himself. He's been revealing himself. But understand, it's like a picture that is needing to come into greater focus all the time. It's like a picture on a camera and you're adjusting the lens and, and it's a little bit distorted, but clarity comes and clarity comes and God begins to speak. And as God speaks, the revelation of God is being brought forth. And even in the book of Exodus, you can study that in Exodus 34 and 30, uh, 33 and 34, uh, Moses, you know, he, he goes to God and there's an incredible scripture and, and calls, God calls Moses his friend. And so because now Moses is God's friend, he says, God, if you're, I'm your friend, then I want you to do some things for me. He says, you know, teach me, you know, teach me your will and, that I might know what to do. Teach me your ways that I might understand how you operate. And then he says, show me your glory. And it's an incredible scripture. And God says to Moses, you can't even see my glory. If you see my glory, you're going to die. And and I love this, man, this is, this is a whole sermon in itself. He says, well, there's a place where you can stand in the cleft of the rock, and I will pass by and show you my back. And as I pass by, I will give you greater revelation. You know, the cleft of the rock is Jesus. He's the rock. And as we stand in Christ, how many know we can see God more clearly? Amen? And so just like Moses passes by, and I love this scripture you read in Exodus 34, as he's passing by and he shows his back to Moses, he proclaims his name. He proclaims his name. And he says this, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Though he will judge sin and he judges sin in Christ crucified, all these other revelations understand as he's walking by Moses and as he's speaking every one of those things that he says can you imagine God that Moses literally is hammered by the revelation of God boom he's a forgiving God boom he's a loving God boom for a thousand generations every time God speaks there's a new revelation that hits Moses 
Amen? And Moses, who stood face to face and spoke to God as a friend speaks, though there was a veil covering him. I love this scripture. After walking with God for nearly 80 years, he says these words, which are incredible to me. He says, I have just begun to know you. How many think they've come to the end of knowing God? You have not. And the moment you think you have, you're going to turn the corner and suddenly there's a new revelation waiting for you. And I think this is why, this is why the angels of God, when they fly in heaven, and, and I think every time they fly by the throne, they got, you know, those wings, they're covering their eyes, they're covering their feet, and they're, every time they fly by, they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I believe that every time they say those words, they get another revelation of God. Can you imagine that for eternity, this is your job description? <laughs> holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Boom! Another revelation. Oh, holy, holy, holy. What a job these angels have. What a job you and I have. You're never going to come to the end of unpeeling, unfolding the mystery, the marvelousness, the awesomeness, the gloriousness of who you are standing before when you're standing before the living God. Jesus Christ is called the Word of God. Hallelujah. Why is he called the Word of God? You know, he says, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That's the Greek alphabet. The A to Z would be how we would say that today. He's saying, I'm the A to Z. I'm every letter in between. I am the express vocabulary of God. The revelation complete and full is in the person of Jesus Christ. God is speaking to the world today. It was unclear before. It was a bit fuzzy before. But in Jesus Christ, the revelation is complete. It is full. It is awesome. And it is what is waiting for this world today. God and the world and Canada needs to see Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God wants these people to know. And how do we see when we see this Jesus? I love it. You know, in Jesus' church, listen to me. You don't just see the back of God. You see the face of God. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4 says, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God displayed in the face of Christ. When you see Jesus, you see God. He's bigger, he's more beautiful, he's brighter, he's gooder than you could ever imagine. Hallelujah. You know, when he was walking by Moses there, he said, if you see me, you're going to die. <laughs> you know what he said? He said, I will cause all of my majesty to pass in front of you. No, no. I will cause all of my power to pass in front of you. No, no, not what he said. He said this, I will cause all of my goodness. Church, God is so good. He's so pure. He's so holy. He's so awesome. You can't even handle how good he is. This is the revelation that Canada needs. This is what our nation needs to see this God. What do we need to see? 
What will Canada see as they see Jesus if he is the revelation, the complete, the final, the A to Z of God? Here's the first thought I have, though I have many thoughts. Canada needs to see Jesus as their friend. I think that's weak, Pastor Greg. Well, hang in there. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for your friends, and you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I've learned from my father I have made known to you. You know, I want you to understand something, and this is an important revelation for us, is that before even obedience can come from your life and from my life, there has to come an understanding that God is our friend. Let me put it in another way. God is for us and not against us. And so this great revelation, this friendship, actually leads to our obedience. God wants Canada to know, church, that he is for them. Listen to Romans chapter 5. If when we were at our worst, we were put on friendly terms with God by the sacrificial death of his son, now that we're at our best, just think of how our lives will expand and deepen by means of the resurrection life. Now that we actually receive this amazing friendship with God. Jesus is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, church. He's a loyal friend, a faithful friend. He shares his life with you. He's fully engaged and fully present with you. He's in your ever-present now. His address is your present reality. Wherever you're at, you're not having to get out of that to get to God. He's with you in the midst of that. Amen? He's a friend who sacrifices for you. He's a friend who laughs and cries with you. He's a friend who takes us right where we're at and runs into the burning building of our lives when others would want run away. Jesus is patient with you. That's what kind of friend he is. He's the kind of friend who accepts you, accepts you, accepts you right where you're at, but he loves you too much to stay that way. That's the kind of friend that you're talking about. He's the friend that won't abandon you to the burning building of your life. He'll run in not to watch you burn, but to rescue you. This is the invitation. This is what the world needs to see. This is what Canada needs to see. This is what Greg Fraser needs to see, that I have a friend in God. And like Moses, who, when he, God said, you are my friend, and then Moses got bold and he began to request things of God. God, show me what it means, what your will is. God, teach me your ways. God, show me your glory. And every one of those requests that Moses, God's friend, made of God, God said, okay. Church, we need to ask big of our friend. We need to grow in this understanding that we have a friend in God who's saying, ask of me and I will give you the nation of Canada. Ask of me. Ask of me to pour out the revelation of my son upon this nation. For the hope of Canada is only found in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Canada needs to see God as friend, but they also need to see Jesus as their savior hallelujah it's good that he's our friend but our friend has come to rescue us our friend has come to set us free Whew, hallelujah lord lord god i thank you that jesus christ's mission statement is that he came to seek 
and to save that which was lost. You and I, Father, sent the Son as a Savior, not just a friend to wink at our sins, not just a friend to say, hey, it's okay, little sinning buddy, I'm with you. But he's a friend that says, I'm going to deliver you from your brokenness. I'm going to deliver you from the things that have robbed you and killed you and destroyed you. This is the hope of Canada. <laughs> Jesus Christ is our Savior. Every human being is created in the image of God. Every human being is created for intimate relationship with God and with others. Every human being is created with an amazing purpose. And the amazing purpose that God wants to set in your heart and in my heart is that I am created to take dominion over myself in order that I might be of greater service to others and to the glory of God. This is the intent of God. This is God's plan for the world. And yet we know this thing came sin came into the human race and changed all of it. We know that. But God made provision for that, didn't he? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that even though I'm created in your image, Lord, that image has become marred. It's become broken because of sin in my life, God, and sin around me, Father. It's become a marred image become a relationship that has become broken, God, with you and broken with others. I live in threadbare relationships now. We barely have enough tolerance for the people in our lives, never mind our neighbors. God, help us. God, help us to see the Savior. Our purpose has become so misguided. We're no longer taking dominion over ourselves for the sake and the service of others, but we want to take dominion over others so they will serve us. What a wicked world we have. But there's a hope. And his name is Jesus. He's the only hope, church. He's the only hope of Canada. Canada needs a vision of a savior. Not just a friend, a buddy who winks at their sin, but one who's come to deliver them. The weight of the glory of God is so strong right now. for our nation, Father. I'm just going to hold on to the table and keep preaching, church. Colossians 1 says this, Christ holds it all together. We look at this son and we see God who cannot be seen. 
We look at the sun and we see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible. Rank after rank of angel. Everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was supreme in the beginning. And leading the resurrection parade, he is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, there's, there he is towering far above everything and everyone. So spacious is he, so expansive, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe. People and things and animals and atoms get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies. All because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. Canada needs to see Jesus. Our cross, our picture in our sanctuary, our cross, it comes up on your screen now. It's all these broken, dislocated, fragmented pieces put back together. That's you. And that's me. Amen? You're part of that cross. You're part of that picture, church. Piece after piece, God is bringing it back together. The broken, dislocated pieces of the universe fit rightly together. A beautiful picture of the redemption of God is longing for all of humanity and for Canada. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus, the friend of sinners, friend of sinners has come to save you and to save me. What can we say but hallelujah? Canada, lastly, needs to see Jesus as their Lord. I've said it before and I'll say it again. 2,000 years ago, when Jesus first came to this earth, they were expecting the king of kings to show up and to displace the Roman rulership, to displace all the injustices of the world, to set up his kingdom forever and ever. And so when he came as the suffering servant, when he came as this lamb of God, when he came riding on the foal of a donkey, they missed him. They couldn't understand him that he came to love sinners, that he came to show God's friendship to the world, that he came to, to deliver us from ourselves and from the destructions of our choices. They, they couldn't understand it. They wanted him to establish a kingdom. And so they didn't grasp his coming as this seemingly weak person that changed the world. And here we are some 2,000 years later, and we've gotten the revelation that Jesus is our friend. And we've gotten the revelation that Jesus is our Savior. Are you getting me? We've gotten it. The church gets it. The church gets it. God is our friend. He's a friend of sinners. He's, our, but he's really with us. He's really for us. He's not against us. 
and, and we've gotten that revelation and we're saying, thank you, God, thank you, God, thank you, God. But the church is in danger of missing the final revelation that they need to grasp before the return of the Lord, which is he is Lord. This is the deal that you made when you surrendered your sins on the cross, when you said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. God, take my life. I make the great exchange. Your life for my life, God. Now I live with you and for you, God. I represent your kingdom to this world, Father. And this is the last revelation <laughs> that we need to see. He's about to return as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Our friend and our Savior is coming really soon, and Canada needs to see him as Lord before he returns. For on that day, listen, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God our Father. Why will every knee bow and every tongue confess as Jesus is Lord? Because God has met humanity at every single point of need. He has been our friend no matter how broken, lost, damaged, discarded, judged, and abandoned we are. He has accepted us completely and totally right where we're at. He loves us so thoroughly and so completely. He will not let us stay that way, though. And he's with us until the final day when he returns. Every provision and need of humanity is found in Jesus. Do you understand that nobody will have anything to say to God that day? Because it doesn't matter even how you have been sinned against. There's a provision in the cross for you. It doesn't even matter what you have done. You can have done the worst sins listed in Scripture. But if you will but turn to God, He will receive you and accept you and befriend you and save you. It does not matter what the list is. You could name any sin listed in Scripture according to Romans chapter 8. Christ will meet you and rescue you. So why will every knee bow and every tongue confess? Because God has made a provision for everything. There's nowhere to run from his presence. Do you know the Lord's Prayer, church? The Lord's Prayer is actually just six asks. It's just you asking for things continually. The Lord's prayer is you acknowledging you need his lordship. That's, that's what this prayer is all about. It starts off, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Do you understand? The first thing that you are asking for, this is the first ask of six asks in the Lord's prayer. The first ask every day that you're to pray, God, give me a revelation of you. Hallowed be thy name, God. I look at this world right now. I'm so confused. I look at what's happening. I'm so heartbroken. I look at what the decisions men and women are making today, God. The things that we are celebrating today, God. God, I need to see you. 
That's step one. Ask one. <laughs> God, show me yourself. Reveal yourself to me, Lord. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, Lord. Oh, God, we need the kingdom of justice. We need the kingdom of righteousness. We need the kingdom of peace, Lord. We need the kingdom of joy, oh God, come. My second ask, <laughs> thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven, God. Why? The will of God is so much better than Greg's will. <laughs> the will of God is so much better than the politician's will. The will of God is so much freeing. You understand? This is our asking. We're asking. We're so helpless. We're so desperate. We're so in need as a people. The Lord's prayer is continually asking of God, and God loves it when we do it. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. God, inflation is skyrocketing. God, oh, we can't even afford bread. God, why don't you give us our bread? We get our eyes off of this world, God. And we look to you, Lord. The God who can, who can multiply five loaves and two fish and feed 15,000 people with leftovers and seven large basketfuls left over. You're in God's hands, church. You're not in Justin Trudeau's hands. You're in God's hands. Amen? Amen? We need to come back. We need to come back to the Lordship of Jesus Christ as a church. Give us our daily bread. Forgive us as we forgive. God, forgive us, Lord. Oh, my God. Some of the things that we won't forgive people for, you guys. It's grow up. Yep. Jesus Christ died for thee. Died for that sin. Stop hanging on to it. Stop justifying your behaviors by those things. Laid at the cross. Walk away free. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Deliver us from evil. Protect us, Lord. We're so weak. <laughs> Greg Fraser is so pathetically weak without God. I just need deliverance every day for myself. I need deliverance from my false thoughts about you and about others. I need deliverance from, from those things that come to rob and kill and destroy me. And you know, my father says, if you will but ask for it, I will give it to you. What a good God, amen? Hallelujah. Church, how many of you know this thought? And it's a heavy thought for me. Canada needs to see God before they see God. Canada needs to see God because they're going to see him real soon. And he's not coming back as a little lamb. He is coming back as the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Amen? So how does that happen? How do we reveal Jesus? Church, you're part of it because guess what? You're the body of Christ. You're the body. You're the only Bible some people are going to read. 
Let me rip through these quickly. How does the church see and reveal God? Number one is this, through our love of God and one another. The band can come back. Come on up, guys. I'm losing track of time, I'm sorry. Galatians 5 says this, For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You don't have to preach at your workmates. You don't have to tell them they're all going to hell. You may get there, but you know what's more important? Love them. Love them in such a way that they start to ask you questions. And then you become a witness. A witness answers questions. Love God, love one another, church. This is our highest calling, our worship and our trust in God. You know, we have a series this summer called Reset, Rediscovering Worship. I want you to grasp the immensity and the necessity of worship this summer. Not just the act of worship on Sundays, which is important and a huge part of it. People ask me, you know, Pastor Greg, what are you experiencing or seeing when you raise your hands and your hands are raised and you look like an eagle and you're floating? Sometimes I'm experiencing nothing. Sometimes I'm seeing nothing. But how many of you know God is worthy of my worship? Worship is worth-ship. God is worthy. Even if I don't feel anything, even if I don't like that song, even if I, I don't care, God, you're worthy of my praise because I need to see you. Everything's crowding and clouding in on me, God. I need to see you, therefore I will worship. And I will put my trust in you, God. Lastly, through our obedience toward the unseen God. When the world witnesses people who obey an unseen God, suddenly God becomes visual. You know how crazy this church is? You built a $4 million building based on offerings from all the people in this church. You know, you support ministries in this church that it just doesn't make sense. You supply money for kids ministry and youth ministry and young adults. You know, I'm going to tell you something about kids and youth. They don't give anything back. They just cost, 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 cost. And we're willing to pay the cost. Why? So they can see God. They can have hope. They don't have hope in their schools right now, church. They don't have hope. They're so confused. The grand experiment of this world is going to backfire. And pride comes before the fall. Church, we need to obey God. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promises faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Church, I need you. You need me. We need each other. 
This is the strength that we have is coming together and worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Living in the revelation that he is our friend, he is our Savior, and he is our Lord. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Good news, church, is this. <laughs> I love this thought. You think, well, my job is to reveal God as part of the body of Christ. I get it. You know, how many know, have you ever seen the moon in full, in full harvest moon and how beautiful it is and how bright it is and it's shockingly bright? Do you know that that moon is reflecting the sun? Do you know how much of that lunar orbiting planetoid thing reflects? Do you know how much of that surface is reflective? It only reflects 12% of that which hits it. That means 88% is absorbed into it. 88% gets sucked into its crummy cracks and, and, and into its dusty surface and its brokenness and its holes and its problems, and yet it's still glorious. How many of you know you only reflect at your best 88% of the glory, or 12% of the glory of God? And yet your Father still loves you. He's still for you and not against you. Isn't he a good God? Doesn't Canada deserve to see this God? <laughs> yeah. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Today is the day of salvation. Let me start with you. If you're here today or watching online today, and you do not know Jesus Christ as friend, as Savior, as Lord, he is as close as the mention of his name and you need to cry out to him now and you need to surrender your life to him now. You need to stop the excuses and you need to say, God, I surrender. If that is you in this room or you watching online, let us know online. But if you're in this room, give me a wave and say, Pastor Greg, I surrender. Yes, others. Yes, God, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. Yes. Yes, God, great King of glory, come. Yes, God, thank you. Yes, I see your hand in the back. Yes, I see your hands. God, in the name of Jesus Christ, come, holy God. Reveal yourself as friend to us, as Savior to us, Lord, and as Lord. Forgive us, Father, where we have taken lordship of our own lives. Jesus, help us to surrender to you today. If you're here today and you've made that commitment, pray with me this prayer. And you want to make it online, pray with me this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to be my friend, to be my Savior, and to be my Lord. Help me to live with you and for you and to reflect you into this world in Jesus name amen let's give everybody a hand that may pray that prayer today I know I do I, I just bask in that presence and I say God touch my body heal my body heal my heart heal my mind Lord. he's so good that he can do that you know that eh? he's so good even as we take communion, we celebrate that breaking of that bread is for our healing, Lord God. Heal our nation, Lord. 
heal our land, God. And it begins with a revelation of you, Father. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Church, Jesus is coming soon. Let's live these last days with him and for him. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap today. Amen.